Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Uh, welcome to the Living Free Show uh, on 3CR Community Radio. Uh, my name is Bill and for the next hour we're going to be talking about alcoholism and family disease. Oh, first of all, thanks to Ruminations for another great show. Um, they highlight issues around homelessness and housing room. Um, my guests today are Yvonne and Phyllis, um, and they're going to be talking to us. Uh, they're members of Alan and Family Groups, and they're going to be talking to us about living with alcoholism and how Alan has helped them. So, welcome. Thank you, Bill. Thanks, Bill. Um, so, our, our show usually starts by just talking about what it's like, you know, when you first come in contact with the, the issue, the problem, the drinking, um, and how it affects you and, and what sort of things you, you do in response to that. And I guess we usually start, you know, with, with alcoholics and people like that, we start in childhood and look at growing up in that situation. So depending on your situation, what, when was the first time you came in contact with alcohol or alcoholism, um, Yvonne? Um, yeah, thanks, Bill. Look, um, my father was an alcoholic. Um, <clears throat> not that I knew about that at the time growing up. I just thought, you know, he was, uh, he, yes, he drank two big bottles of beer every day and he drank a lot more on the weekends. Um, so, uh, yeah, I didn't realise it until I actually found Alan on um, that I realised he was an alcoholic because I thought alcoholics were people who basically, you know, slept in doorways and had the overcoat and the bottle in the brown paper bag. So <clears throat> I just had no no idea whatsoever. Um, how it really affected me, I guess, growing up with a very angry person in the family, um, I lost a lot of my self-confidence um, growing up. And also, uh, I would say, um, <clears throat> sorry, um, I tried to control things and so that I wouldn't be in the firing line, I was a very good girl and I was very quiet and I just didn't want to rock the boat. So, And that was okay when I was a child because in a sense it did protect me. But, of course, as I grew up, those sort of uh, behaviours that I'd adopted as a child weren't very helpful. Yeah. Yep. So was your dad abusive? Yes, uh, he was... Um, verbally abusive he wasn't physically abusive mm. that I ever saw but he was indeed verbally abusive and angry very very scary when he was angry and he was you know a, a large man too so all of that put together it was quite frightening yeah, yeah at so, times yeah so what about the rest of your family yeah uh, well my my mum she was a very quiet person she was a lovely woman actually uh, she didn't have a lot of confidence uh, because um, when she grew up, she became sick when she was about seven and she survived and the doctors uh, told her parents that she probably wouldn't survive, but she did. But the doctor said that she um, would always have a difficulty in learning, so she grew up like that. So she lost her self-confidence and, you know, met Dad and, um, look, they did the best they could. But, yes, it affected her badly because we were an immigrant family and... Um, 
coming to Australia, she really didn't have any friends and he controlled the roost, so to speak. So it was very, very hard for her. She just had her kids and she definitely loved us very much. And, yeah, I think if it wasn't for mum, we wouldn't have got through it all. <laughs> no, I think that's the case in, in most families with an alcoholic that um, one, you know, one parent compensate, overcompensates a lot for, you know, to make sure that the kids are, get through. Yeah, yeah that's exactly yeah. what happened. And I would say mum probably spoilt us all a lot. And, um, you know, um, in a sense that's not good either because you tend to take people for granted then. And we probably took her for granted a little bit. But, yeah, she did overcompensate, but I forgive her for that. Yeah. I'm very lucky to be around, I think. Yeah. So most families with an alcoholic in the family are short of money. Was your family short of money? Um, yeah, we were, actually. Uh, look, my dad worked um, very, very hard. He was a welder boiler maker. He worked pretty much six days a week, and um, he worked overtime when he could. And even on his holidays, he would go to Barry's Beach and work up there. So, but we still never had much money, you know. And um, it was, yeah, I thought it was because he was a factory worker. But, of course, I found out later when I actually found Al-Anon that it was really due to the fact that he drank a lot of his um, money away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> um, uh, Phyllis, now you, you've, you have a different story, given that you weren't exposed to alcohol in your youth. Um, so when did you first come in contact with alcoholism? Uh, with a nice young man who um, I realised that he, he drank a fair bit, but I didn't think of alcoholism. It just as a pair of youngsters, we thought it was, it was fun. The, the drinker was fun and his friends were fun. Um, but when I actually married him and lived with him, it became a bit of a different story. Uh, and in, in fact, I got rather embarrassed by his drinking after I was married. And I tended to stay away from my friends and stick with his friends because my friends didn't like all that drinking. So that didn't, didn't help at all. No. Were you much of a drinker yourself? No, no, not really a drinker myself. So um, I didn't become the life of the party with the, with the drinking. <laughs> um, I was usually the one who uh, drove, a, drove the car and took some, a few drinkers home, very much enabled them to drink and, and a, a very uh, shy person. So I wouldn't ever say, oh, I'm going home now. I would stay till the end of the party, hating every moment of it, but I'd, I'd go. Yep. Okay. Sounds like a good, um, a good relationship for an alcoholic to have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so when, when did things start becoming intolerable for you? Um, as the children came on the scene and then um, he wouldn't be around, he wouldn't, I'd want, we'd want to go out as a family, so... I would end up, I would have to take my children by myself to things. In fact, uh, it comes to my mind now that my brother said, uh, you lived the life of a single woman, really, yeah. because he wasn't around to do the things that needed to be done with the family. <clears throat> I'd go and visit my family and leave him behind. Yeah. I'd go visit his family with him because they were all drinkers. So Okay, yeah. <laughs> So what was it like living with the alcoholic, though? What was, what was your life like? Um, 
Well, he was a, a, a functional alcoholic. Uh, he had control of the money and we lived quite well. He had a good job. But everything revolved around that the money was there for the alcohol first. Yeah. And then that's why he had control. So I didn't ever often realise just how much was going on the alcohol and how much he was drinking. Um, and he would... He would uh, come home after the children were basically in bed because I wasn't going to leave them up till 8 or 9 o'clock to see their father. So I got to the stage where uh, I would just cook a meal for everybody and I'd leave his meal. I'd cook it, but I got to the stage, you come home, you do what you like with it because if you don't come home, at, if you don't want to have a meal with us, well, you can... You can deal with a meal whenever you like. Yeah. Um, so that was the sort of situation. Then my my children were ending up becoming more aware than I. You get, I get I got so involved in all his problems that I wasn't even thinking of the children some of the time. And uh, one of my children told us, "Mum, I think we're an, we're a dysfunctional family." No, 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 says I. Oh, we're not dysfunctional. <laughs> <laughs> we're normal. <laughs> and I, I think I've got, I've, I, I think the picture of you close the front door and nobody knows what goes on behind the door. Out to the general community, they, they didn't really know what was going on behind the door. No, it's very prevalent, isn't it? I I had an experience like that myself. My dad's an alcoholic, and um, a friend that I've connected with recently, who I used to live next door to, didn't realise my dad was an alcoholic. And he, we were very close friends, and he had no idea my dad was an alcoholic. And that just amazed me, and to the point of realising that you know people assume the best, um, and in an alcoholic situation, that's usually not the case. Things are things are pretty bad. Um, so, Yvonne, um, you your dad was controlling person around the family. So mm. it must have been a, a liberation to get out of the family. Um, well, I have to be. Uh, I was a bit confused though as a teenager and a young adult, you know. And as I'd said to you, I had lost a lot of confidence, and I hadn't found Alan on then. Um, but. Uh, in a sense, yes. Oh, gosh, I don't know how to answer that really. I loved both my parents and, I mean, um, uh, it's, yeah, I, I, I guess um, it was it was a good thing to become an adult and um, be able to, you know, make my own decisions and direct my own life. Yeah, for sure. And um, I, found, I got a profession and I worked and travelled and I ended up in the Northern Territory. Uh, which is where I met my partner, and um, and we had a child, and you know, unfortunately, I think he had issues as well, and he was a binge drinker, and he had behavioural issues uh, towards me, which I found very confusing and very sad because we had this young child, and so that's when I actually found Alanon. Um, yeah, I, 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 having this young child, I was just devastated that things weren't working the way they're supposed to in the dream. 
And um, I found a psychologist who recognised very, very quickly that I would benefit a lot from the Al-Anon program. And so I was very, very happy actually to find some sort of answers really. And so I went along to Al-Anon. Mm. Okay. So what what was it like to be with a group of people who understood mm. what alcoholism was? Because not a lot of people understand. No, no, that's right. Um, well, it was just um, it was it was very supportive actually. It was it was quite liberating for me. Um, I gained a lot a lot of confidence because I felt I had this Elanon family and I could turn to them at any time and you know I would go to the meetings and we would discuss issues and I would learn a lot. I learned um, about alcoholism, how it was a disease. I learned what happens in the family, you know, how we all try and compensate for the fear and and what's going on in the home. I learned all about that. So for me it was like putting, you know, a puzzle, pieces of the puzzle together. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Once you can see the f- full picture, you, you understand what it's all about. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. And also you start to learn how you can change your own life. And that's a whole new story too, I guess, you know. Yeah. Uh, learning about al- um, al- uh, alcoholism and um, using the 12 steps to change your own life. Um Focusing on yourself, realising that, you know, you're a worthwhile person, you're entitled to be happy, you're entitled to make your own decisions, uh, things like that, yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, back to you, uh, Phyllis. So um, I think you said, uh, where do we leave? I, I think, yeah, uh, your husband was, was drinking, you were, you, were driving, you were driving around, um, going to parties and things, but not really enjoying it. So what happened? What happened? What happened next? What happened next? Yeah. Well, um, with all our children, and as I, as I said before, I ended up more as a single person because he was never around. Um, and when he was around, there were lots of arguments and things, um, lots of uh, problems with children because Dad's not here. Um, he didn't treat them very fairly. He was not. He was not a um, not an angry, violent man. He was more the the alcoholic who drank and drank and then went to sleep. So yeah. it's just that he was not around. Was more he, not so much the um, being angry and all those sorts of things. But then, as my as my children got older. Um, he became, he be, couldn't get on with teenage boys. So my first son, he kicked, he kicked him out at 18 um, and he was a shy boy, a bit like, more like his mother than his father. So he just went with his tail between his legs and he never came home very much at all and he's the one who became an alcoholic himself. The next one... And there was no real reason to, to, for these children to go, but just he decided he'd had enough of boys by the time they were 18. Yeah, yeah. So he tried to kick the next one out, and he was a totally different <laughs> person, and he dug his heels in, and he was not going. He was not leaving home. Um, but then my husband um, became quite sick, and at 59 he, he died of alcohol-related 
problems along with a, like a family history because his father died at about the same age from alcohol. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's a very it's got a very strong family tendency. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Um so what did you do? What did I do after that? Yeah. Um well after he died, I realized that I thought when he died things would, you know, everything would be just honky dory. But I realized there was there was still me and I still had lots of problems and I was in the marriage probably more the angry one than he was and I think that's a lot of um does happen a lot that the wife becomes the one the husband's uh sometimes the life of the party and it's the wife who's nagging at him to stop drinking and doing all the worrying yeah, yeah doing yeah. all the worrying about yeah. the family yeah. um and and so it was just before he died that I did decide to go to an alcohol uh, an Al-Anon meeting, but uh, I think it wasn't quite the right time. They always say in Al-Anon you'll be there at the right time. Yep. So that first time I found it rather confusing. Maybe it was my mindset as well. And then a while after that I had some friends who had been in Al-Anon um, I'd only met, I hadn't long met them, so I didn't know them years ago to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they took me to Al-Anon then, and it was a different picture after that. I, I realised almost straight away my part, because I'd always blamed the alcoholic. He was to blame for everything. I had no no part, no blame. Yeah. I was Penelope Perfect, which, yeah. of course, I'm not. <laughs> so... Uh, it it made me see my part, and then I, I, in afterthought, I had a real compassion for my husband, and I realised um, because I'd known about his father, and I realised how badly he'd been treated by his father. So no wonder he was the way he was, because um, he had a very abusive father who he would line his children up and belt them all in a row. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, mm. it's very common, yes. Okay, listen, we might take a break. Uh, you're listening to The Living Free Show on 3CR, 855 kilohertz on your AM dial and 3CR on digital radio. We we have some podcasts of the show available. Uh, so if you go to the 3CR website and look at Living Free, uh, you'll find the, um, the podcast there. And you can also find them on um, iTunes. Um, if you'd like to ask a question or... You know, contact us in any way. You can either phone the station on nine four one nine eight three seven seven, or you can send us an email. Um, they're on the on the Living Free webpage. All the details to contact us. Today, my guests are from Alan Family Groups, and we've got Yvonne and Phyllis, and they're talking about living with the family disease of alcoholism. Um, so, um, Yvonne, before we start, probably. Talking about the disease of alcohol, the family disease. Why is yep. it? Why is it a family disease? Why is it called a family disease? Well, it's um, it, my understanding is it's called a family disease because um, everybody is affected in the family when there is somebody um, drinking too much or an alcoholic, and uh, yeah, so. Usually it's the alcoholic that gets all the attention because they're doing whatever they're doing um, <clears throat> and everyone else is dancing around them. 
And, you know, as I've mentioned before, look, there's fear, there's embarrassment, there's shame, there's all, all these different emotions that we go through, which in turn, you know, you don't really get to live your life the way you want to. No one does in the family. Um, yeah, so uh, that's why it's called the family disease because, you know, we're all affected. We're all affected by the behaviour and our behaviour too becomes distorted and we become angry and, you know, uh, ashamed and the, the emotions that I've mentioned before. Mm. And so our responses are usually quite over the top. Okay. Yeah, uh, my understanding is that the family, you know, because of the alcoholism, mm. it it the be- it changes behaviours, and the mm. behaviours breeds alcoholism. It's it's that sort of cycle that we get into. Okay. Um, so last we were talking, you found Alan on, mm-hmm. and you started to realise that you were part of the problem. Mm-hmm. So what happened when you got into Alanon? Uh, yeah, well, when I first got into Al-Anon, first of all, you know, I was uh, educated about alcoholism, as I'd mentioned before too. So that helped put the pieces of the puzzle together in my upbringing and young adulthood. Um, and so that gave me a lot of confidence, a lot more confidence anyway, to 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 be who or learn to be who I really was in life rather than, uh, you know, this fearful person. Um, I realised, yes, I realised going to Al-Anon that I was part of the problem because, you know, my responses and my reactions were uh, completely inappropriate and I didn't realise that alcoholism was a disease either. And uh, once, you know, I really realised that I was able to um, be, in, in time, I was able to forgive um, I was able to forgive my father. I was able to forgive other people in my life who had affected me adversely. Um, so that gave me a serenity that I didn't have before and a, um, a serenity and peace. And it made room for, you know, a different life. It made room for other things in my life. Um, I also, uh, you know, having alcoholism in your life, you... You beca- I became very controlling, and I didn't realise it, but I was controlling, you know. And um, Elanon taught me that we can't control. We can't control anybody. We can't control people, places and things. And so, in a sense, that was a great relief too because I could take my hands off and um, let people live their lives and not judge them and not try and make them do what I thought was best, um, just let them make their own decisions. And again, that's very freeing. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, how did that? Did you continue going to Eleanor? Um, well, I went to Eleanor for f- about four years, and then I decided to move back to Melbourne um, with my son. And I was feeling very, very confident and happy, and I was so happy with the program. And coming back into Mel- uh, coming back to Melbourne, uh, for some reason, I just couldn't connect. Um, with a with a meeting here, and um, there was no alcoholism in my life. There was no major drinking anywhere, so I sort of lost sight of. Um, I stopped going to the meetings, which is something I wouldn't recommend anyone does, because very slowly but surely, um, my ability to you know 
cope and, and live and handle situations that were coming up in my life over the next 10 years or so, although I did, uh, I could have managed them better had I been back in Al-Anon. Okay, yeah. Mm. Um, okay, so Phyllis, um, I think when we left you, you'd, you'd come back to Al-Anon for your second second time. Um, so how did you find your your life changed once you could I guess come to grips with what the problem was with the alcoholism yes well it took me a while when I first came back to believe that alcoholism was a disease but when I finally saw that it was a disease um, it gave me compassion for the alcoholics uh, my son and my husband who had passed away so I was able to make amends even to him uh, in after he died because I could then see that it was a disease. I knew that he was a good man under, underneath all that and I could see through Elanon I began to see my part in all of this, how, how much of an enabler I had been. I was the one who went and um, bought the alcohol most weeks <laughs> the one who poured it down the sink, the one who tried to stop him drinking. Um, and so Elanon showed me that I needed a complete change of my attitudes. Um, there were so many bad attitudes that I had bought in o- over the years and still continued even after he had died. Uh, the, my ways of relating with my children uh, I began to have compassion on them and just just to love them, not to try and tell them what to do, trying to control them. Alanon taught me all those things. Yeah, it's a it's a realization, isn't it, that you know, by helping somebody who doesn't need help, you're actually fouling the relationship up and you're making it worse yes. to a large degree. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um so what's your relationship like now with your alcoholic son? My relationship with my alcoholic son is is quite good. Um, I don't see him a great deal, but I have a good I have a good relationship with him. Um, he's a a very um, gentle kind of soul. He's not the uh, well in my presence. I don't see him as um, aggressive and abusive. Um, I have more trouble with the the son who's not an alcoholic, he has more of the isms than than uh, than the alcoholic, I think. He's got more of the um, aggressiveness and um, he, he blames me a lot for his father's drinking, in a sense. Uh, he says that I was weak and that I didn't help the situation. So that makes it very difficult but I have now I just know to zip my lip with him and I invite him around a lot more um, because he was the one who he knew how to trigger me and get me going so I've had to change with that so I just let him say what he says and don't make any comments back anymore yeah Alanon's taught me to do that (laughs) not to make it worse yeah no yeah (laughs) um yeah um a lot of people don't really understand triggers or some people like call them buttons but they're things that people do to get a reaction from you because they know that'll work they upset you like that 
and then they can justify their behaviour by the fact that you're upset. Yes, yes. It's a very good control mechanism. Um, So how about your daughter? What's your relationship with her like? Um, My relationship with my daughter is not too bad. Uh, Her, again, um, I see isms in her. I see she can be quite aggressive at times, and both her and the other brother who don't, uh, they both don't drink. They're both, the, uh, it's the one in ten where the, you've got the alcoholic and the other ones who re- don't want anything to do with drink. And she always says that her aggressive behaviour as it is, she said, if I was an alcoholic, I'd be terrible, so I don't want to drink. <laughs> uh, and she refuses. I, I've sort of mentioned Al-Anon and... It's no, no, it's all right for you, Mum, but it's not for me. And uh, at one time I called her an adult child and that did not go down very well. Right, okay. <laughs> okay, uh, back to you, Yvonne. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> what what changed and brought you back to Al-Anon? Um, Well, what changed and brought me back to Al-Anon um, was uh, I'd been rather busy in the 10 years that I hadn't been in Al-Anon because I was bringing up a child basically by myself with with very little support from others, from my family. And uh, so I was busy. I was working um, and bringing him up and uh, generally, you know, things were going along okay. <clears throat> I had a sister who was very unwell and she needed quite a bit of care and support which I provided for her and then she uh, in the end passed away and her husband passed away. I was quite close to both of them and um, my son left home and all of a sudden I hid, you know, like I'd had a bit of a hard time with him too as a teenager and he'd done his fair share of drinking as all his mates did uh, but it was, you know, it was very difficult. You could have knocked me off my perch. I never expected, you know, to uh, have to deal with, with, um, I suppose, a male teenager like that. But we got through it. But anyway, he left and all of a sudden I just um, I felt very down and lonely and depressed and, you know, and I said to myself, uh, when was I the happiest in my life? And I realised, yes, it was when I was in Al-Anon. So I went back to Al-Anon and that was about uh, seven years ago. And uh, the second, I wouldn't recommend people, you know, leave it and come back if they, if they you know, if they can. Don't, don't leave if you come because um, your other behaviours and so forth, they're just under the skin and... Al-Anon reinforces um, the new behaviours and the new way of living, but it can fall on the wayside. Yeah. Yeah. So Very much so. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah. So I went back and, you know, that was again again a beginning for me and um, because I've only got the one child, the one son, so I learnt to keep my hands off him and, you know, he started to take control of his own life, you know. And, you know, he's been doing very well since since then, really. He's made his own decisions and I've kept my mouth shut. He's quite an adventurous type of person. So he's been halfway around the world and done different things and experiences. 
And as a mother, I've just had to stand back and I've done that. And I think a lot of that is due to Al-Anon. And um, I think if I hadn't have had Al-Anon and hadn't have done these things, our relationship today wouldn't be as good as it is. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, you're listening to Living Free on 3CR on digital radio and live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. Uh, I'm talking to Yvonne and Phyllis from Alan Family Groups about living with the family disease of alcoholism and how Alan Family Groups can help. Um, so, uh, when fi- so I'll go back to you, Phyllis. Um, so, in Alan, you've learnt not to try and control others, and your life gets better because of that. So, how's that influenced your life? Well, I, I've become a totally different person. From when I first came into Al-Anon, for a start, I listening to uh, speakers at Al-Anon, and they would talk about you have a choice in what you do. And up until that point, I thought my life was really controlled by other people. I I thought I didn't have a choice. So Al-Anon has very much taught me that I have a choice. And I've moved along and made a lot of different choices. Uh, I've travelled a bit where I hadn't travelled before. Uh, it's taught me not, uh, not to have fear, to, uh, to learn to live in serenity. Um, I, I, I do all the reading. I do lots of readings. And I've read lots of Al-Anon books. Um, and that changing my attitudes to my children and to my friends, not controlling people, allowing them to live their lives, um, using lots of Al-Anon slogans like easy does it, and I might add, but but do it, um, because I used to be a person who lived in utter chaos. There were, everything was just chaos, Everything running, 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 and now I've learned to slow, slow down, be yeah. quiet, yeah. slow down. Easy does it. Yeah, I think that that concept of letting go—that if I don't have to do anything, but things will happen without, in spite of me. Yeah, I mm. think that's a really good thing in the family. It means you can just let go yourself and enjoy your life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I've really enjoyed enjoying my life. Um, Made lots of lovely friends, um, have a lovely sponsor. I think uh, sponsorship is a very important thing. Um, working, working the 12 steps, uh, I think they're just ideal for really for anyone, for steps for living life, really. Yeah, mm. well, I, I guess they help, help you to understand yourself and by understanding yourself, you understand other people a bit more yeah yes definitely definitely okay um so Yvonne so what's it like for you now um you're in Alaron and you're not so worried about your son's behavior or actions Mm. does that mean that you're freer to live your life oh yeah definitely yes um since I uh let go of uh, trying to control my son and his behaviours and study and goodness knows what. Um, yeah, it's given me a lot of freedom and uh, serenity, really, you know. Look, um, I know that he has 
some higher power looking after him too. And I know that um, I'm giving him the respect that he deserves as a person to make his own choices and make his own life. Um, I'm there for him. Um, if he asks for my advice or something, yes, I'll give it. And sometimes I'll give it when I haven't been asked. But uh, I only say things once. Usually I try to and then I just let it go. And, you know, he's happy with that because uh, once he realises that I'm, I might be on a tangent, he just says, OK, I've got to go now, you know, and he'll hang up and um, that'll be the end of that conversation. So, um, yeah, look... Um, since I've come back to Al-Anon, um, my life has changed a lot. Uh, I know how to take care of myself a lot better now. Um, a few years ago, I was under a lot of pressure at work and I realised that it was affecting my health. So, you know, I decided that I would retire, which I did, and my health improved straight away almost. Um, Look, I travel, I just, I know when to say no and when to say yes. I mean, my life isn't perfect. Um, I have a relationship and um, and that can be difficult at times. But the fact that I'm in Al-Anon and I have this program, I can, you know, I can um, distance myself a little bit or give myself some quiet time, um, meditate, I take care of my body better, I exercise, I try to eat healthy. And in a sense, I knew all these things before, but um, Al-Anon just confirms, you know, these things for you and and um, it improves my life. Very good, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah the ability to detach from other people and their problems mm. yeah. um, is, is really amazing. You can just get on with your own life so much better. Um, yeah. 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 That's what I was, that was the word I just couldn't find. It's that detachment, being able to detach um, with compassion and with love. You don't have to detach with anger, although that's something that I think that I've, I learned over time. Because in the beginning, you know, I probably was, I was quite angry with various people in my life. But um, that's very exhausting. And um, Alanon taught me you know, to detach with love really and as I mentioned before, I've been able to do that and, you know, I have, um, I don't have a relationship at the moment with my son's father but there is no animosity, you know, um, and if I spoke to him today it would be with kindness and care and, and I know that he did the best he could just like I do the best I can. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think it's about respect in a large to a large degree, respecting mm. their right to be an alcoholic and have problems, but yep. that doesn't mean that you have to compensate for them yes. or change your life. Um, but yeah, yeah, accepting that yeah they they have problems and alcohol is one way to cope with those problems. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so how about you, Phyllis? What? How do you find life now that you're less attached to other people and their problems? Oh, it's much, much better now that I'm not attached to other people that I can live my life and let others live theirs how they how they want to live it. I used to be very much the worrier, worry about everybody else. So it's taken me a while to get that where I realise that worrying doesn't doesn't help one little bit of anything doesn't make the doesn't make the problem go away doesn't doesn't do anything 
So I, I've learnt not not to worry, um, to to give everything over as much as I can to my higher power. I think that's where surrendering every day and walking uh, in the way that my, I, I feel that my higher power would have me go. Um, everybody's higher power is different. I, to me, uh, I'd say God, but other people can call it whatever they like. So long as it's a power greater than yourself that can help you live your life um, and bring you serenity and bring you peace. And it's having peace in my life that's the important thing. Living, living my life, not trying to live somebody else's life. Because my life was before Al-Anon was totally enmeshed in my husband and my children and all that went on there. Um, I don't know where I started and they ended. Yeah. We're yeah. all mixed up together. Yeah. It's often called insanity um, because of the way that you, you can't, you can't live that way outside the family because other people don't tolerate it. But inside the family, there's a whole lot of control and enmeshment and everybody's involved in everybody else's uh, life. And just to once you detach from all that, you realise that you don't. It was, it was pointless. You didn't have to do any of that stuff. Um, with, with my father's drinking, when he did something, I always felt that I had to do something because he'd done it. You know, I had to compensate for it. And I realised that I didn't have to do anything. Mm. Didn't have to say anything, do anything, and life would go on. Um, and I spent all that time trying to control his behaviour and his drinking. Um, and you just realise that it, it's, it was just a waste of time. I wasn't living my life. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, Yvonne, mm. so in, in Al-Anon now, do you, mm. what's it like in going to meetings and being involved? Do you have opportunities to do things in Alana? Um, yes, yes, I have. Um, since I came back to Alanon, um, I t- yeah, I attend um, my my home group is Thursday uh, Thursday group in the evening. Uh, the Frankston group, um, and I have been I have volunteered to be the secretary there, the treasurer, and now I'm the group rep. Um, and I really enjoy I, I enjoy uh, these roles. Uh, they keep me coming to Al-Anon, actually to the meetings, and also um, I'm giving back because I don't believe that I would have the life I have today and just be where I am today without Al-Anon in my life. I really don't, you know. Like prior to Al-Anon, I did go to a psychologist once, but it just didn't do anything for me. Um, you know, it was only when I found Al-Anon that, you know, everything just seemed to fall into place. So I'm very, very grateful, very grateful to Al-Anon. And I actually practice gratitude almost every day. Sometimes I forget, but usually in the morning I say, well, what am I grateful for today? God, my higher powers. And um, I'd list the things and, you know, it makes me feel really good. And um, my day usually is, is is quite good, yeah. So I'm extremely grateful for Al-Anon. Mm. Okay, thank you. 
well, listen, we're nearly towards the end of the uh, toward end of the program. Um, if you'd like to find out more about Alan and Family Groups, then you can uh, either phone their helpline on one three hundred two five two six six six, or you can go online at alanon.org.au. So uh, I'd like to thank Yvonne and Phyllis for coming in this afternoon and sharing their um, Alan and Family Group recovery experience with us. Thank you both. Thank, thank you. you, Bill. That was good. Great. Um, I hope you'll be able to join us again next week when we're going to be talking about recovery from gambling addiction and we'll be joined by Rachel from Gamblers Anonymous. Uh, unfortunately, Black Noise Radio won't be on today, but we have some music queued up for you um, instead. So that'll be on um, in a few minutes. So I'd like to thank you for listening to the Living Free program today. 